Welcome everyone to another episode of Going Deeper. Uh, I'm Brent, one of our pastors here at Mount Rainier Christian Center, and with us is Pastor Greg. Um, today, we are going to be diving into the sermon, uh, Poor. Um, we're going to be talking about how God calls us over and over again to be aware of and to show love to the poor and the disadvantaged. And in today's episode, we're going to go a little deeper into that idea to learn even more about what it looks like uh, for you and for me in our lives. So without further ado, yeah. uh, early on in the sermon, we hear that it's built into us to constantly want to ask why, Yeah. right? Is it okay for us to ask God oh, why? God. And when we do, sorry, yeah. no, what please. should we expect from him in response? Oh, that's a great question. And I cannot say strongly enough or with greater enthusiasm, God delights in our asking questions. He thrills to it. Jesus said, seek and you'll find, ask. And, you know, the, the, the invitation to ask and question is profoundly uh, embedded in the Bible from A to Z. You know, we find back in Job, you know, Job is just questioning God to the hilt and his friends eventually get to the point where they say, well, you really shouldn't do that. And God shows up and says, not only should he do that, you need to apologize for telling him he shouldn't, you know. Um, and I love Proverbs tells us that it's the glory of God to conceal a thing and the glory of man to search it out. And, and what that means to just kind of put a word picture on it is, you know, God's like a parent who wraps up presents and then thrills to watch us open them. So asking why is is fundamental to loving God with all your mind. And I would encourage anybody and everybody to, to ask every question of God you know, uh, that you can possibly come up with. He, he loves it. Yeah, there we go. Um, up next, we know from his word that God is present in the poor and the needy. Yeah. Does this mean that those of us who are poor and needy are experiencing God more than others? No, that's a great question. No, actually it doesn't. Now it means we have easier access to virtue. That's a subject for another time. James is going to talk about that, but no, no, it means that we who have the opportunity to help the poor will experience God in our doing so. Okay, so that's the idea. So the exhortation isn't directed to the person who is poor. It's directed to those of us who have the opportunity to help. And he says that's the way that it works. So, no, it's not that they have a greater experience of God, although, you know, in certain circumstances, somebody may, you know, if, if you've got so much money that all you're ever doing is managing it, you never get a chance to. Of course. But, but no, fundamentally, it means that those situations give us an opportunity to experience God by helping. Yeah. Got it. Um, so then, you know, we know God is our provider and mm -hmm. we spend some time in the sermon talking about how we as people of God ought not to worry about having enough. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Uh, we see many scriptural examples of, of this with God providing for his people with consumerism and excess being such a big part of the world that's around us, especially today. When should we start getting worried that we have too much? You know, that's a great question. I, I think C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, um, your giving should pinch you a little. Your giving <laughs> so, should yeah, pinch you a if little. If your giving doesn't pinch you somewhere, somehow, it's probably too little. Now, you know, that's that's unfortunately not a, a, a rule that you can quantify, you know, uh, but it is an experience you can have. Uh, and if my giving never causes me 
to, uh, you know, stretch a little, you know, to reach a little. And and that goes to the larger point in the message, which is God uses giving to grow our faith. Yes. Uh, he, his ultimate point in giving is not to get us to do something. His ultimate point is to get us to learn something. And that is that when we give, God meets us in it. So, yeah, I, I think you sort of answered the, the follow up there, which is, should we be worried about finding the sweet spot, that perfect sweet spot? And there isn't one. There isn't one. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it should pinch you a little. That's yeah. a good, a yeah. good thing to latch on to there. Um, all right. So moving on, the sermon mentions Matthew chapter six, verse 21. Yeah. Uh, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What are some ways that we can tell that we're starting to treasure something other than God too much? Are there oh. early warning signs? Are there yeah. things we can look out for? How do we know that he's in the right place in our hearts? That you're asking that question. Yeah. You know, the, the asking of the question tells would tell me that you're in the right place, you know, because there's that desire, there's that want to, there's that, um, that love for God, you know, that regard for God. So, um, if anybody's asking that question, you're already heading in the right direction. You know, you've shared the story before of when you were, I don't remember if this was when you were necessarily a new believer, but somewhere along your journey, you shared the story about you were really into working out a lot. Um, I don't know if that would be similar here to what, is that something where you felt like God was revealing to you or sort of um, nudging you that you were beginning to elevate something to a place or is that a different scenario? No. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. You know, uh, at that time, God was beginning to speak to our hearts about calling and whether we're going to go in the ministry and stuff. And God said, you know, you're going to have a hard time, you know, giving your whole heart and serving me if you spend two and a half hours a day in the gym. Now that may not be true for everyone, of course. but it was true for me. And um, so I, I sat back and I said, wow, you know, I, I probably need to, care a little less about fitness uh, physically and care a little more about fitness spiritually. Um, and it didn't, it's, that doesn't exclude one or the other, right? But uh, to put them in their proper place, you know, the Bible is going to tell us that physical exercises have some value, but godliness is of greater value both now and for the world to come. And yes. so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think as someone myself who's who can be a little bit... Um, uptight and and anxious about these things. I want to know exactly, you know, I want to know if I'm doing it right. I want to, um, you know, I want to have clear lines. Uh, that's sort of speaking out of my own insecurity. It really, it seems like a certain aspect of this is just being attentive to what God is speaking into our lives it and is. listening to, to what he's saying to us. Absolutely. And, you know, one good way to kind of capture this, think of godliness not as a, a condition or a status, but a direction. Yes. Okay. So once once we are moving in the right direction, uh, you know, I'm reminded what C.S. Lewis pointed out. He said, you know, God is impossible to please, right? He, he asks a lot, but very uh, impossible to satisfy, but very easy to please. Yes. And that's a beautiful picture of a father's heart. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, next up, how would we know? whether according to God, we fall on the side of responsibility to the poor or the poor themselves. How is there a, again, we talk about conditions here, but how do we know when uh, for someone who really is struggling in that place maybe, and, and can't make ends meet, how do we know if that's, is that a call for everybody, even those who are poor themselves? Well, so where's that line? 
Oh, yeah, good. Um, I would only say this because I, I'm limited by what the Bible teaches. Biblically, all believers should find some way to be engaged with the poor and needy. Now, the way that happens, there's a million ways that can happen. And, and you want it to be unique to your personality. You want it to be, you know, fits your world, your, you know, how much you have to give or of time or money or whatever. So it's different for every person. But if nowhere in your life you are doing anything to help the poor and needy, that's a danger point. That's a danger point. And, and it's interesting, you, you wisely point out the difference between responsibility versus the poor themselves. Sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that uh, doing something for the poor is the most important thing of all. But God's word said it, is, it isn't. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So uh, we should all be engaged in the poor, but the more important thing is loving uh, people, right? Uh, the same kind of thing happens when that woman pours out that jar of very expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. Some of the religious crowd says this could have been sold and the money given to the poor as if that's always the better thing. Jesus says, no, no, no. What she's done is beautiful. She's worshiping me. She's expressing her heart to me. So, um, our involvement with the poor needs to flow organically, naturally out of who we are. Where I would put the line, to use your phrase, is that if you're not doing anything, if, if there's nowhere in your world that you are actively engaged, whether financially or personally, with the needy and the poor, you're falling short of the opportunity God wants you to have to experience him. Again, in the message, we talked about the fact that giving to the poor is an opportunity for us to experience God. That's the big deal. Yeah. So uh, I can't help but but think, and, and maybe there are others who, who this comes to mind, the, the rich man who approaches Jesus, and then Jesus tells, yeah. give everything that you have yeah. to the poor. What's happening there in that exchange that's yeah. different? It's, it's a great moment. Notice that's the only person he ever said that to. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't say that to anybody else. So what he recognized was that that was this man's uh, you know, idol, we would say biblically, his addiction, we might say today. That was his hang-up. And Jesus, loving him tremendously, knew, hey, we got to break this biggest uh, part of your life open because when that happens, then you're going to discover all that God has for you. So, yeah. So in this man's life, his his wealth was being treated not like a resource that he wasn't using quite right and yeah. more like a, an addiction to even similar to like a drug addiction or pornography addiction. Exactly. That was what it was occupying in his you bet. life. And, you know, we talk about the fact here at MRCC that what the Bible teaches is that money is a tool that God gives us to grow in our experience of him. And there's a lot of ways it happens. It happens when we take our family. It happens when we rejoice and enjoy money. It also happens very powerfully when we give. Uh, Jesus says in Acts chapter 20, it's more blessed to give than receive, meaning it brings greater joy. So yeah, um, you, you got it. Absolutely. Okay, um, brings us to our, our last question here uh, for this episode. If someone is struggling to make ends meet and, and might be really in that poor and needy yeah. camp, yeah. themselves um what would what should they take away from from this message this idea and god's position on this yeah. what should they take from this it's a good thought you take take away from it a couple of things first of all um understand that god isn't asking us to give as a as a demand to be met for a religious gold star okay what god is saying is i want you to give so that you can experience me uh, i want you to give so that you can grow 
in your experience of me. So, you know, we talked about Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. You know, here's a woman who's, you know, very needy. Uh, and yet when God sends Elijah to her, he says, hey, give first and then God will meet you in the giving. Right. And, you know, the beautiful thing about, you know, if we use the tithe as a paradigm, it's not a command. It's a paradigm. It's a it's a tool. But if we use it, you know, if you only have a little to give a tithe of that, a tenth of that, it's only a little. Right. If you have a lot, it's a lot. But it's a it's a sliding scale, just like a father uses with a child as they grow. So, um, you know, it's a beautiful way to discover what money is really all about. Anybody who has had the joy of giving to somebody else in need knows what that feels like. Not because they had to, but because they chose to and wanted to. That's uh, that's amazing. And and you did also mention it's easy to use money as the um, you know the primary way that we talk about this. But you did also mention that one of the ways that we can really serve is by serving with our time with our you know being relational Absolutely. those are also ways that we can serve the poor definitely and, and that's a great point brent you know no less an authority on helping the poor and needy than mother Teresa said that the most valuable thing that any of us can give to somebody who's poor and in need is our attention <laughs> it's our attention right um and so yeah the giving crosses the spectrum but at its core god says the poor are there for you to experience me jesus said when you do it for them you've done it for me so that's powerful yeah. uh to close out the show if you could leave folks with one short encouragement or reminder to focus on from this sermon what would you say i would say give yourself a test run you know, take uh, some amount of money that you have. I'm just going to blue sky this. Take $100 and say, I'm going to find a way to use this to help somebody else who's in need. And then watch how you feel afterwards. Watch how it affects your mood. Watch how it affects your self-esteem. Watch how it affects the way you see the world. Watch how it affects that person. And you will go away going, yeah, that was good. And the more we discover that, the the greater you know, our experience of God is. Amen. Amen. That is all folks for this episode. Uh, Greg, thank you for sharing with us as always. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Going Dreamer. We'll see you next time. Yeah.